This is Berlin Stories, a podcast about your first Anmeldung. We are your hosts, Bridget and Alex, broadcasting from Berlin to demystify the Ausländer experience one podcast interview at a time. Visit our website for a transcript of the episode to assist with the listening experience. Today we're interviewing Zozan. She's Kurdish from Turkey and is on a student in visum, or in English, a student visa. She's currently doing a master's degree in sociology at the Freie Universität and working at a cafe. So, welcome, Zozan. Thank you for doing this with us. Uh, thank you for having me. Why Berlin? What, what drew you here in the first place? Okay, I'm doing my master, and after I graduated in Turkey, I worked for like two years in a quite bad Uh, I had very bad work experience and I was thinking about going back to like studying and like doing master and it was quite hard to do it in Turkey or I wouldn't prefer because it's like I'm doing social science and it was like I don't know you can't really say what you think and it's like a lot of pressure and stuff so I thought that I should go to foreign country preferably Europe and like Um, Germany because it's like public schools like public universities and it's tuition free and it's also I met with a German guy and I was like perfect you know like love and study at the same time why not so I decided <laughs> to come here in Berlin was the idea of Berlin because of the universities here specifically or did you apply a lot of places and this was like where you landed yeah I mean not really before um It was kind of like a, an idea my boyfriend gave me because like first I never thought about Germany because I don't know German or now I don't do know little but I didn't know German and it was never an option for me actually. I was more thinking about like UK because it's good and yeah. like English and uh, Netherlands because there's like I, I want to study on Turkey, Turkish history, Turkish mm -hmm. politics, and they have very good programs. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but it's expensive and mm. like a lot of money. You have to search for like funding or scholarship and stuff and it didn't work. And actually that was why f uh, I gave break for two years in the first place. Mm. Look at for more options and then Um, yeah, my boyfriend told me, actually, you can do it in Germany too, in English. I've heard about this before, but it was like not really an option. But then it seemed like a good option at some okay. point. Yeah, it was like, okay, I know what I want to do. I can do it in anywhere. I mean, FU is a good university. Berlin is a perfect place to live. If I have chance to live with him, yeah, why not? You mm -hmm. know? Yeah. Is he from Berlin? No, actually, uh, he was studying in Austria, and for first six months he was in Austria, and then he moved to Berlin. But it was kind of safe place for both of us. Like yeah. he could move to Berlin, and I, if I would be here, it would be easier for us. Of yeah. course. But you met um... in Turkey. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, what did you prepare for your visa before arriving in Germany? I mean, first. Applying to this master program was quite exhausting. Like, I seriously don't understand why Germans are so obsessed with actual paper, you know, like sending post instead of email or yes. online application. 
I mean, there's like online application, but at the same time, you need to send your documents by post. And I didn't have this problem because, again, I gave my documents to my boyfriend and he posted them from Bochum. So it was like quite easy. But most of my friends kind of had a lot of problems with this because it was either late or lost or blah, blah, you know. I was accepted. And it was also funny because I didn't get any email. It was just like the, this online system I applied. It was like, yeah, yeah. But a friend of mine told me, because she also applied to FU, and she told me, ah, did you get the answer? Actually, you know, it's announced. I was like, what? Because I was expecting it to be announced in August, I think. And mm -hmm. it was like July. And then all of a sudden it was like, ah, I'm in hurry. I have to like, you know, do all this paperwork. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's like, yeah. So just to clarify, the mm -hmm. paperwork that you're talking about now is to the university and yeah. this is before you've started any sort of visa process. Yeah, yeah, okay. exactly. Got it. Yeah. Okay. I mean like the the most of the paperwork is about like uh, I was again a little luckier because they want documents to be translated either in English or German. Mm. Uh, like high school diploma, university diploma, mm, I don't know what else. There was like a lot of things and for me I had to like translate some documents but most of the documents from my university was in English because it was like in providing English education so it was okay. a little easier for me mm -hmm. but it was again a lot of work of like I don't know taking this document from university this document from high school this document blah blah and it's all about bureaucracy, you know, because they don't ask for like, I don't know, reference letter, motivation letter, yeah. nothing. It's just like, mm. if you go through this bureaucratic system, then it means that you deserve to live in Germany. <laughs> I guess I always thought in this way, you know. That's yeah. true. They ask for so many uh, pieces of paper that yeah. seem really redundant for, for studying. Yeah. Like, I remember when I was applying for university, it was just this fat stack of like 10 kilograms of paper and like I didn't know why they needed half of them yeah yeah I mean there was like a, a something like about my like my family records I don't know if they ask this for from other countries too and this I, is for the school so mm, are we talking about the school or the visa I think um, for the school I send this too so I mean, in many cases, you, in all cases, I guess, you apply first online in the system, then for some universities, because I also apply to Cologne, mm. you need to apply uh, online in this university mm -hmm. uh, webpage, and then you send documents to this, um, I think it's kind of private company, which is kind of like regulating this like international applications so you also send your documents to this company and they send it to the, the to the universities yeah and then yeah uh, it took a lot of time to like uh, apply for like the application but i think it was relatively easier when i compare it with like my applications to um netherlands or uk uh, in terms of like what they ask i mean this was bureaucratic yeah. So after you came to Berlin uh, and you went to the Bürgeramt for the first mm -hmm. time, before you went to the Ausländerbehörde, after you already uh, did all the uni application stuff, mm -hmm. what was it like? Again, I think I was uh, quite um, lucky. I mean, uh, first, 
yeah, my partner was here with me and he came with me to just like in case we can't communicate. And my flatmate was like my friend and my partner's friend. So she helped a lot. She looked up like what I need and she prepared all the documents for me. You know, wow. like you need this document that you're like sublet the, the flat or the room. And she was luckily allowed to do that. She didn't have to like go through all like, you know, talking to landlord, having a document from the landlord and stuff like this. So it was basically just a piece of paper mm. that I'm living there my passport and my visa like it was like a temporary visa until I get my business permit and it was quite easy actually I had no problem I mean like I guess if my partner wouldn't be with me I would have like you know communication problem because this woman didn't want to or didn't know English so it was like German but other than that, it was quite chill. No, like, I don't know, something like really exhausting or something. Okay. You had mentioned that for one reason or another, you needed to have a flat before you moved here. Or you needed yeah. to know where you were going to live. Was that for a visa reason? Or... Yeah, visa reason. Okay. Yeah, it's like um, when you apply to a visa, let me see which documents you need. Okay. Uh, uh, by the way, motivation letter, you don't need for... a applying to university but you need for a visa that's also weird so like a letter that you write yourself about yeah, why you yeah. want to live here why you so crazily want to live in Germany okay. <laughs> and that's for a visa uh, and you also need CV and um, yeah diploma and are like these, are these the, the required elements yes okay yeah mm. it's like diploma and the transcript and like um, acceptance letter, which is English in German, Zulassungsbescheid, Zulassungsbescheid, yeah. And yeah, the proof of language, which was for me English. I didn't have to prove anything about German. And this weird document I just talked about, insurance, uh, which was like you can use if you are below 30, mm. a female, who doesn't work, then you can use your father's insurance. You can be insured in Germany uh, when your father has insurance in Turkey. It's so, kind of... So that's just a Turkish thing. Because I know that in Germany you're allowed to... Like you can be insured under your parents' insurance if you're under 25, regardless of your gender. Yeah, I think it's different in, in Germany. I mean, in Turkey it was also a, a much better in terms of like being protected okay. uh, although it was like patriarchal system um, but they changed it several years ago and now it's like as a man or as a male you can just use your kind of family insurance we call um, you can just use this family insurance uh, until you're 25 and as a woman you can use it until you're 30 Okay. Yeah, and there's kind of uh, agreement between Germany and Turkey that you can use it in Tur in Germany. Mm -hmm. So we needed to to also have this document, which is kind of shitty because you can't really use it for a lot of things. It's just for emergency situations, mm -hmm. just a way that you don't have to pay like ninety euro um, each month mm -hmm. when you don't have money. So they have this option. So there's no insurance that comes from being a student at the university? Uh, no. Well, uh, uh, okay, so this is complicated. Germany has a lot of uh, 
insurers. There's like a list. I, I was looking at the list once. It's like over 70, I think, different ones that okay. you, um, where you insure yourself. And yeah. as a student, if you're not insured with your parents, um, you get like a, a student price, which is like 70 or something per month. Mm-hmm. And But you still have to like apply for everything yourself. You still have to find your own insurance. It's just called student insurance and it's much cheaper. Got it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It has changed for me because I'm working right now. And if you have more than 450, then you can't be insured, use this insurance anymore. Yeah, it's basically the same thing I think with like German students because when they have many jobs, they can use this like their parents' insurance, but when they earn more, they can't. I don't know. Anyway, yes, you have to have eight hundred eight thousand six hundred forty euro in a bank account, block account, mm-hmm. um, which was like. And there's only one bank in Berlin that offers Mm. the Blacks account also. But uh, I don't know if people know about this, but there's like an online banking system called Fintiba. Mm. Yeah, and actually that was like, uh, um, that was advised by the by the um, German embassy from Turkey. Oh, yeah, you okay. see, this is like an official document and they stated here that, you know, you can use this online um, system for oh, blocking account. It's like, it's pretty easy. I think people have different feelings about it. Some of my friends didn't like it. They, I don't know somehow it's like complicated, but for me, it was super easy. I just sent this money from my like account in Turkey to this account and then they send you like there's this online system that you go through you know like you feel some like I don't know things like informations and stuff and then but you can't use the money just like that when you come to Germany it's also like stupid bureaucracy I had to send them a copy of my um, my visa and my passport together with my signature. This woman in post office told me that my signature in this document looks slightly different than my signature uh, on my passport. And I had to sign this fucking, like stupid document four times because it Ugh. looks slightly different. Sorry. <laughs> my first experience with German paperwork stuff oh okay yeah so i'm here yeah yeah okay. i like you come here and then like you first apply uh, register in an online account in turkey okay. because you need this confirmation from fintiba this online banking that okay now you have online account mm. that you can show for visa application but to be able to use the money in this account you need to send them this like your student visa from germany so once you're approved. Yeah, once you're here and like everything is, works for you. And mm-hmm. then you also need to have a regular bank account because it's online bank account. There's no ATM or something. But they, um, yeah, yeah. But I think it was still comparably good because I like I had an account in Sparkasse. Then um, one thing about this account that they take from you, I think around 80 euro like for all this process. Uh, so instead of like 8,600, you send like 800, maybe 8,700 something. Okay. Uh, yeah. 
but then they just send you money every week to your account you don't have to do anything else you just give them your like regular account uh, information on this online system and then it works i think relatively well i didn't have any problem and you don't have to do anything after this like one year you don't have any money in your account they just like um automatically shut down your account and that's it you okay. don't have to pay a fine or something yeah. so i think it was good so you only had to do this once the blocked account yeah. once you run out of the blocked account even though you're still doing a student visa you don't need to no. continue no. having any amount in it no okay. i i i don't think so i mean i'm not sure if you want to extend your residence permit i think not that much but you still need some money or you need to prove that you have like a scholarship or work or something you know a job something um, but for now, I think I'm safe for two years, like until my residence permit is um, expired. Yeah, okay, so that's, that's it. That was every document I needed for uh, the visa application. Okay, so you partly answered that already, but where did you inform yourself about what to bring to your appointment? Like what sort of paperwork? Uh, I mean, first thing that like when you call, uh, there was like an, again a private agency which is kind of mediated between you and the German embassy and you call them, you get an appointment and then they send you an email with like this list of uh, documents you need and when, I mean for me when there was like things that were not clear, uh, so what we did is like basically there were like five students from my university, my home university, which were accepted from FU or yeah, all of them from FU. So we kind of, when we've learned that, we kind of come together from some informal networks and then like formed a um, WhatsApp group and we were basically just helping each other. Like, ah, oh, I didn't understand this part, how it works. And then they write you like, ah, oh, this oh, way okay. and that way. Yeah, and we also ask like people who were already like students who were already in Berlin in FU, like who went through this process, and they were also quite helpful. Where did you find them? Did you find them on Facebook in some group or? Again, informal networks. I think like for me, there was one student. He was like friend of my ex-boyfriend and my ex-boyfriend told me he would be happy to help you just write him on Facebook and I did oh. and he helped me or I don't know another friend of mine like oh yeah there's this guy who was like my senior from university and he's in Berlin let me ask him or like you know all okay. this like informal networks and like I don't know people want to help each other mm. and yeah basically we start like five people or like six and then this group gets so big that people who went to other cities or other universities, they also joined. And then it was like, I don't know, 30 students and we still kind of use it. Yeah, it was very helpful. I mean, still it's quite helpful. Like when people have a question or something, they just write there and we try to help them. I've also heard that there are like many Facebook groups or like Facebook pages for like Turkish migrants all sort of migrants like I don't know German citizens or like people who just came here that they're like this Facebook pages that people ask this technical questions bureaucratic questions how do you do that and then they help each other so I think it was 
pretty helpful to have like all these people and helping yeah okay so informal networks finding facebook groups mm -hmm. yeah. i think finding finding people who are already in berlin somehow who are studying in berlin uh or like did all the stuff that they can help you you know yeah i think yeah. that's very useful advice. yeah yeah i mean right now this year other students do this to me i'm glad to help but sometimes i also realize that i did this a lot there are some informations actually you can easily find on website but it's kind of easier to ask you mm. i did it too but it's like, they, they are sometimes asking a lot of questions and it's kind of uh, a, a little frustrating i'm happy to help but uh, you know you can actually get this information from website <laughs> yeah yeah but i also understand if it's intimidating when you have so many weird websites and contradictory yeah. information and yeah yeah i think that's that's another thing i mean informal networks is good but sometimes people just get something wrong and they yeah. tell this wrong information to other people and then it gets a little hectic you know like oh wait is it this way or that way you know mm. and then i guess it's better to uh, ask i don't know several people so you can confirm this information you have yeah yeah I think you did mention yeah. um, initially uh, starting the process mm -hmm. online, but then you did you have to go to the embassy then also? Yeah. Okay. So yeah. can you maybe step by step just like so the the in first initial thing you did was online. Yeah, I did this online. I got ex uh, accepted from university. Then I collected my documents for registration, and I sent them by post. This time it was not online. Okay. Like for registration, everything was by post. And, to the university. Yeah, but first, okay, I sent this because I needed to get um, confirmation from university for the visa mm -hmm. thing. And then I provided all these documents I just told you about and went to the embassy together with this document. I mean, em embassy was like real like Kafkaesque novel you know like a dog in front of the door there's like a lot of security you have to pass through and you wait in a like in a hall with a lot of other people and the interview is just in front of you interview with other people you can hear and you can see what's going on and it was the the most bureaucratic experience of mine ever and consider that turkey is also quite bureaucratic you know okay yeah and then they like it was pretty easy i think they didn't make any trouble for me i mean there was a guy before me for example and it he got married with a german woman and he wanted to go back and it was horrible i was so ashamed for him they were asking like weird weird questions where did you meet when did you meet uh, you know and then she was trying to understand if there are some inconsistencies you know and it was horrible and i was so afraid when i heard that i was like my God, he's going to ask me all these questions. But because I was like, applying as a student is relatively easier. Okay. They, right. they try to make everything easier. So it was basically just they went through my documents and read my motivation letter and asked me again about my motivations and like what I'm trying to do and how long I'm, I, I intend to stay. And In Turkish. Stuff. 
No, in English. They oh, ask okay. you, uh, it's not possible in Turkish because they assume that you need to, to know either English and German. I mean, preferably German, but if your study program is in English, then they provide you an option. So the guy in front of you that you were overhearing was his... Uh, interrogation in English? Or? Yeah, it was in English, okay. but I mean, poor guy, he also had problem with this. I, oh, I no. don't know what happened to him, but it was really embarrassing. Oh. Yeah, and um, yeah, I mean, this was, a, this was like relatively easy and I had problem with my insurance again. It was like, you need to start the insurance from the first day that you're going to be in Germany. So the same date on your ticket and your insurance document. And mine was like 15 days later and they, but she was very friendly. She told mm -hmm. me like, you can have just the travel insurance. There's mm -hmm. a bank over there. Go take your insurance and give to the security. He's going to give me, she gave me a number, which I could show the security guy. So he knows where to put my document. So it was quite easy. Okay. Just like before it was nervous, but it was easy. That's really nice that they already knew how to fix mm -hmm. that problem yeah yeah i feel like there's many instances um in the visa processes that i've gone through mm -hmm. there's been roadblocks that i've come across that seem like i am not the per first person who has yeah. had this problem and yet they don't have a mechanism yeah. to no the, the, yeah. there's there's never been like the and here yeah. uh, here's our recommendation you know yeah. like oh. but i feel like i i was in many many processes in many steps i was like so lucky it was just luck because i heard from other people that they had like one document was not there and they said like take another uh, appointment yeah you know? in three months <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah exactly and th then they were so late but yeah. i was somehow really lucky <laughs> <laughs> sounds like you've got a lot of gratitude around that so that's good <laughs> yeah <laughs> what are you planning on doing when the visa you are currently on expires i don't even know what i'm going to do in <laughs> one month i guess but so um, I'm thinking about extending my study program for one year, but my visa expires at the end of 2020. Okay. And I plan to finish my master program in the summer of 2020. Okay. Perfect. Um, yeah. So, um, but then uh, I'm not sure what I'm going to do after I graduate. Uh, I mean, I want to really go back, live in Turkey. I miss my family and my friends and like don't really want to escape as Turkish migrants <laughs> think. But um, I also want to do PhD, uh, but not in Germany, probably not here. So I guess I'm going to do some, I don't know, pa more paperwork until it expires <laughs> yeah, before they kick me out. <laughs> Good plan. Yeah. How does German bureaucracy <laughs> compare to what you've experienced living in Turkey? Um, I mean, I think in terms of being broke, like hard bureaucracy, it's quite similar. But German bureaucracy is way more uh, scary. I mean, because I guess I, I kind of get used to Turkish bureaucracy, you know, it's like, it's again, more informal. Mm -hmm. I mean, the, there's advantages of this and there's a lot of disadvantages of this, you know, but German bureaucracy is really scary. Like nine, 
you know <laughs> i think it's like i get used to hear this so much it was like nine <laughs> nothing <laughs> uh, have you extended your visa already here no okay no it's i i hope i won't do it <laughs> never ever so you've had no uh reason to go to the Auslander Behörde so far ah okay do you mean this no i mean um this visa i got from turkey is like a the, like a um, ter- temporary visa like mm-hmm. for six months and you have to get your residence permit from Auslander Behörde mm. before it expires Got it. Okay. Uh, and it was extremely hard to find an appointment. Yes. Every day for like three months. Every day I checked. Every day. And it was so... What time of day impossible. were you checking? I've heard okay. about like sometimes being better. I think in the morning they said it's better. Uh, but for me it was again like some friend did it one night. And they were like, ah, oh, there's like an, uh, some other open spaces you can take. Like... And I got my appointment. But I'm not sure uh, because I didn't personally experience, but I've heard that some, like the, the mornings are better. Yeah. yeah. When I got my one appointment, it, I found it at like 6 a.m. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, when I, before I moved to Germany, I was always thinking, like, you know, because like German technology is a big thing in Turkey, you know, like they have this very advanced technology and stuff. And then I realized everything is so manual in Germany. I know, you can't even pay by card anywhere. <laughs> yeah. It's like horrible. Yeah, it's crazy. I guess, uh, like, my partner said this is maybe because they're so careful about their privacy. I yes. think so, yeah. 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 yeah, they don't want to be recorded. That's in truth. When yeah. they yeah. buy condom, I guess I don't really <laughs> understand what is the problem. <laughs> yeah, but they are pretty extreme. Yeah. I, I was telling a friend in Warsaw recently that I still have friends here in Germany my age who don't have online banking mm-hmm. and he was just absolutely flabbergasted <laughs> yeah it's crazy I don't know it does seem like a paradox I think yeah. the rest of the world views Germany like yeah. you said as yeah. being this technologically yeah. advanced country and then they are not no <laughs> in the day-to-day living not yeah. too much yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I think it would be really good for them to at least do some things more online. Yes. For the environment, you know, we seriously don't need to, like, you know, throw away all these documents. Yeah. yeah. It's just so stupid. Please, <laughs> someone do something about it. Well, they're probably providing really good insulation for all of our flats, you know, having <laughs> crates of paper documents <laughs> stacked up against the walls. Yeah, probably. So uh, there's that for the yeah. environment. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> um, okay, but I, I do want to clarify a little bit more about the Auslander Bajara. So you mm-hmm. got the appointment um, because informal networks, again, somebody mentioned that they saw yeah. there was an appointment open. Yeah. So you hurried online and you got, yeah. you grabbed the appointment at the Auslander Behörde. Yeah. And how far away was the appointment? Was it, you know, next week or two I months? I think it was one month later. One month later? Okay. Yeah. Uh, luckily, it was before my visa expired. Uh, because I think when you have appointment, it's not a problem that, you know, you can say that you have appointment. Uh, but... Um, I'm happy that I didn't have this problem and then again it was like relatively easy I went there with my partner again just to keep him there you know in mm-hmm. case I need him 
but I didn't need him. I mean, uh, I had all the documents and then this guy was Turkish, or mm. speak Turkish, and he was very helpful. Like, again, there was like a minor problem with uh, one of the documents and he said, you know, like some people can create problems about this. But actually, it's not a big problem, so I'm not going to tell you to come back. Just, it's okay, you can take it. It was the insurance thing? Uh, yeah, I think it was, again, insurance thing. Like uh, Even though I, the lady in Turkey had said, you can have tourist insurance. Yeah, this. yeah. No, but it was like, because you can take this insurance, like, for um, three months. In every three months, you have to renew it. Before, right. you are registered in the university. And then you're registered... It's for one semester, mm-hmm. like uh, the this um, period, um, which is written on your, uh, on your matriculation document that you are registered in FU for the third semester from this date to this date. Then they provide you insurance document just for this date, and then you are, if you are registered again, they extend it. Okay. So there was like I needed to extend it again, and there was again some problem about this and. Uh, but I think it was not such a big problem that he was like, if you would be with some German personnel who is a little crazy about all these technicalities, they could create problems, but it's okay. Yeah, so, and he was kind of generous about like, we can give from two years to three years of visa, and I'm going to give you three years. <laughs> Good. So, yeah, it was nice. Good. Yeah. I'm interested that he was speaking Turkish because I've read a lot of speculation online that working as a Beamte, that it's a legal requirement for like liability reasons, they can only mm. speak German. I didn't feel it was something like not allowed or something because like the door was open, people pass by and they see us and it was not like, I don't know, this is strictly, okay. you know, yeah. like we are doing something uh, secret or something. No, it was like... And I've heard from other Turkish friends that he also had this interview in Turkish with them. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. That's yeah. that's compelling evidence to me that... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Other but languages I mean, are As I said, about. I don't know like what is his role or what is this people's role who are like Turkish in Auslanderbehörde because I also kind of felt that like most of the Turkish students had um, um, this interview with one of the Turkish personnel. Mm. And our feeling was kind of like they maybe gave them some sort of like mission, you know, because it would be easier for everyone. Mm. Right. But I don't know if this is the case. There's definitely different prices and things like that. Yeah. You yeah. notice that as soon as you get on any German website uh, or any of the Auslande Behörde like requirements and stuff, because there's always like... There's always, when I'm looking at how much my visa might potentially cost, um, they give you like a range and then mm-hmm. they say separately and Turkish citizens <laughs> can, uh, only, yeah. can only pay a maximum of this or something like yeah, that. Yeah, so it was like, it was a very good surprise yeah. that Turkish um, citizens could pay less. Mm-hmm. It was the first time I feel privileged, felt privileged that I'm from <laughs> Turkey. <laughs> it was a very good surprise. There is a special relationship. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it was always good to know that I'm not alone and I'm not the only person having this problem. It's not because I'm stupid or not because I worth less. It's just, 
you know, it's Germany, it's Berlin, people are as they are, and there are like cultural differences, language barriers, and you just need to get used to this. And in some ways it's also good, you know, like you have more personal space, you feel free, you feel like, I don't know, in many ways it's good, uh, there's a lot of good beer. <laughs> May you stay away from, uh, I don't know, very distant Germans. I hope they see or they, they what do you mean get by to know. Like, I don't know, like not friendly. <laughs> That's what I mean, I guess. Like racist. Yeah, not in some cases not necessarily racist, just very German, you know. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I hope German people listening this podcast won't think bad about me. I, I like German people. <laughs> Your boyfriend's German. I mean, come on. Yeah. yeah so <laughs> I can't discriminate against Germans. No, I can. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean. To be honest, I think it's just like I, I, I really feel overwhelmed here recently because I really miss Turkey, Istanbul, my friends, my family, all this like, you know, warmth and like, you know, being like completely understand, understood and welcomed, you know, that's why I'm a little angry with like all the Europeans, mostly with Germans, I guess. <laughs> And also because I'm working in this cafe and I confront with a lot of shitty Germans. That's right. that's something that I think really makes me sometimes. My colleagues are great, but like some of the customers, especially if you work in night shift. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. If you, if you could give an earlier version of yourself advice about starting the visa process here, um, what would you tell yourself? <laughs> I think I... I wouldn't necessarily have, um, I don't know, an important advice. As I said, I was like very lucky with a lot of things. Mm -hmm. um, but I do give an advice to other people to keep some German people around them and like um, consult them because I think it's not only a matter of language. It's also because they know the system you know, some things that you read in, in English or in Turkish even, you can't understand because it doesn't refer to anything you're familiar with, you know, like the system is different and they know what is expected from you and they can be very helpful in this way too, like uh, this document where I can take it, uh, Finansamt or Burgeramt or whatever, you know. Yeah, when you're a yeah. foreigner you don't know what you don't know. Yeah, yeah, I mean like, mm. yeah, just like a being a black page in front of you and you're trying to make sense of it, you know, or like a foreign language. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, I think I think we're done. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Susan. This you has been great. Um, and thank you for listening. You might have recognized Zozan from a mini episode we released last month. If you missed that one, please go back and listen. It's called Who Are You Calling an Expat? In it, we contemplate the different ways Auslanders identify in Berlin. Back when it was released, we ran a little survey on our social media channels, and Immigrant won out over Expat and Auslander. 
You can weigh in on future surveys and can contribute to the podcast with questions, feedback, or your own stories by visiting us at Berlin Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, or by visiting our website at berlinpodcast.com. All of these links are in the show notes. As usual, thanks again for tuning in. We hope we're adding something to your journey, and we're so glad you're here.